Listen to wax.com, it is really the bomb. It's got those all original creative projects from a bunch of homeboys. Chilling in the Mercedes, laughing all the way to Hades while they're tapping the dime. We got a real things weekly, the site's uniquely customized for all you guys who want to critique me. But don't try to front when you're on the front page. Go through the message boards, opposed to you'll be feeling my rage. I'm a madman. When it comes to this site, I'm busy macking on the counter nearly every single night. But if it's your belief, that you'll be giving me grief. Step above for that mic because I'm editor in chief. I'm Mr. White, y'all. They call me Jordan or Jord. I'm busy keeping it free so everyone can afford to scope out what we can do. Me and my wife fucking group. But when we're through, we beg you just go and press on the board, yo. All around the wax work, there's astounding, gone abounding. All around the wax work, there's astounding, gone abounding. All around the wax work, there's astounding, gone abounding. All around the wax work, there's a. Hello and welcome to Cast and Wax. My name is Jordan D. White, and thank you for listening to the show. For those of you who don't know, this is the only official podcast of waxwork.com. Do not listen to any of the imitators, they suck. But uh, this one is good, so hopefully you'll like it. With me, as always, uh, and by always I mean last episode and many episodes before, but not in a long time, are my three co-hosts. Let me go through them. A one, a by, a one. First of all, here is the gentleman you heard singing with me just a moment ago. My cat and yours, well, really just mine, uh, Scapey, Scape White. Hello, Dad, how are you? I'm good, I'm good. Thank you for singing that song with me. You're welcome. It was uh, it was very nice sounding. Uh, so, uh... What's new with you, Scape? I mean, have you got anything going on? Uh, you've been working on your thesis? Dad, Jesus Christ! What? Why are you what? I just did, for last week, I did a million years of my thesis. Yeah, yeah, you did, uh, like, it was like ten minutes long, it was part one. Yeah, I just, uh, so now you're like, oh, do you work on it again? No, Dad, no! I did it before, that's all I'm gonna do for now. I get a break, don't I? Uh, no, why would you think you get a break? No, there, there's still two more sections of your thesis due. One of them is due this month and one's due next month. So, of course, no, you're not... No, you don't get a break. You have to keep going. That's ridiculous, Dad. Come on. That's how school works. You've done school before. Don't you remember? You had to do, like, assignments. It's been a long time. Just, this is ridiculous. I don't think that this is how they meant it to be. They meant to have a nice, leisurely break in the middle. No, they didn't. They very much didn't mean that. Did you get your grade back? No, Dad, I didn't get graded yet on the beginning of my thesis. Come on. Okay, well, look, I, most school, you don't get to take some time off just because you did an assignment. So most of the time you do an assignment and then there's another assignment. That's how it goes. Whatever. No, not whatever. That's how, that's, you have to start working on part two of your thesis, the tale of Inspector Legrasse. You have to work on that. For just, for in case you don't know, Scape's thesis is he's doing a musical adaptation of The Call of Cthulhu. And he, on the last episode, we played part one of it, which is the, the horror in clay. Yeah, and it was really good. I didn't say it wasn't good. I said, you have to start working on the next one already. Okay. Whatever, fine, I'm gonna, I worked on it, oh, look, here's what I'm gonna do, uh, it's gonna be Tale of Inspector Grass, okay, yeah, good, good, okay, I worked on it, now just read me around. No, that's, <sighs> thank you for that. Anyway, uh, Escape, we haven't gotten any, I don't think we got any emails on your thesis, so hopefully people liked it. Oh, you know what, here, part of the reason is when we put up your thesis last week, we didn't put up the lyrics to your thesis. Uh, I believe now they should be up by the time you hear this. If you go to the music section of waxwork.com and you go to the pet sounds section where Scape songs are, you should be able to click on part one of Call of Cthulhu and it should have all the lyrics that he wrote for uh, that so you can understand what he's saying. What? No, why do I need the lyrics to understand what I'm saying? Because because you have a speech impediment, Scape. Dad, don't make fun. I'm not making fun. I'm actually genuinely saying you have a speech impediment. I don't mean to be offensive about no, it. No, I'm offended. No, you, no, well, you know you have a speech impediment. Look, People sometimes can't understand what you say when you're singing in a song. 
especially, let alone when you're talking. I don't know why you say it like that. Well, because I can't say it like you because you have a speech impediment. Now you're making fun. Yes, now I was making fun. The point is, by now you should be able to go and you, you can um, you can download the, the, the part one of Call of Cthulhu separately so you can put it on your iPod and just shuffle it into your music collection. And in addition, um, you can look up what the lyrics say and you can understand that he did say the words. The phrase left my uncle amazed for him it held some notoriety. For example, I'm, I doubt you were able to understand that. Why would you doubt that? I was. I said it very clearly. Yeah, you said it very clearly and very call of Kafuyu. That, that's you're making fun. You are making fun. Well, I'm, I'm making a little bit of fun, yeah, because you're taking it way too personally when I wasn't making fun. So now I'm actually making fun. You shouldn't. Well, well, well I did. Yeah, that's why I'm, yeah, that's what I'm saying. And I'm admitting it, so. So are you, are you sorry or what? Um, ooh, that's a good question. But why don't we move on to the next uh, guest we have with us, Mr. Uh, Rory Sinjin here. Hello, uh, thank you for having me on the podcast, Jordan. You're welcome. Uh, Rory, let's talk about the June T. Loveberger Charitable Trust, who have been graciously funding your ability to fly to New York City in order to appear on my podcast and conduct your extra historical portion of the podcast. Yes. Oh, please, let's. Thank you. I, I'm very happy to talk about the June T. Loveberger Charitable Trust at any time. Good, good. Uh, okay, so let, let's see. A few episodes ago, you were awarded this trust, which was, you know, I don't remember how much it was, $15,000, something like well, that? Well, actually, you were awarded it for use on your podcast, but only on my segment of the show. Right, as I, as I am aware. Um, but in addition, what happened was uh, an additional million dollars was awarded to the trust in the lawsuit that we had against uh, Mr. Frank Allen. Now, I understand there's been an update as, regarding our, our, uh, our grant. Yes, Miss Loveberger was so generously happy that it was our doing that awarded her fund $1 million, that she awarded that $1 million that is in her fund to Cast and Wax, again, solely for use on the extra historical segments. So, right, so let me get this straight. So we've been awarded, me, I have been awarded $1,015,000 in order to bulk up the extra historical segments of the, of the show. Yes, that's correct. So... You can use it to fly me here, to put me up in nice hotels. Well, I mean, again, I, sure, but I'm saying, but again, why would I put you up in nice hotels? Well, Jordan, because, because why would, why would I not, why would you put me up in, in lousy hotels? Well, to save money, but my, my question was really more, why would I put you up in hotels at all? You know, we, it's not necessary to the podcast or to the extra historical segments of the podcast that you be put up in a hotel. Actually, it is, and here's why. Oh, th well, this ought to be good. Yes, no, it is good, because here's why. We, we discussed last episode, you know, uh, I believe our fourth co-host, who shall remain nameless, uh, was, was, was casting aspersions on extra history and casting aspersions on the idea that I would spend money on it. Yeah, that was, that was, uh, that was, uh... Frank Allen. Oh, can I talk now? Can, now that my name's been said, can I finally speak? Well, I, I didn't introduce you properly, but... I'll introduce myself. It's fine. My name's Frank Allen, and I am... You know me, if you're listening to this. I'm... Statistically speaking, if you're listening to this, you know me. Because, statistically speaking, and I've done my fact-checking, statistically speaking, about 97% of the people listening to this podcast are listening to it because they are fans of the Frank Allen Investigativa Variety Hour. Yeah. That's right. 97%. So 97% of you out there not only know who I am, but are listening because I'm talking. That's the reason that your ears have perked up and gone, oh, the boring part's over. Frank's talking again. Uh, all right, Frank. All right. That's a bit excessive. They probably like my segments, too. Well, I haven't done the full research on that. But the point is, so if you know who I am, you know I'm Frank Allen. Thank you very much for having me on the show, Jordan. Whatever. The point is, extra history is bunk. No, it's not, actually. It is. No. Okay. What? My million dollars. So one million fifteen. 
$1,000 going to Extra History, there is nothing to spend money on for Extra History. Because again, as I stated, Extra History is nonsense. Extra History is you making things up, which you can do off the top of your head. It doesn't cost you any money. You, you can do that just as well from England as you can do it from here. You don't even really need to be flown in. But, but it makes the podcast sound so much better. Yeah, I will agree with him on no, that. No, I know it does. That's why I fly in as well. But I fly in on my own money, and you're flying in on my money that has been stolen from me unjustly. But it isn't your money anymore, and it was justly stolen, and it wasn't stolen. So, how about that? I, 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 what I, well, about that? I think you're lo- you're wrong and you're lying. Well, I'm not. Uh, all right, all right, right. So, the, but, so the idea is, Rory, you're saying you figured out uh, something to spend money on for Extra History. Yes. Thank you very much. I did. And starting today, instead of just your regular segments of This Day in History and Where They Now in History, what I have started doing is a special segment called Celebrity Where Are They Now in History. That's right. I am using the copious amounts of funds generously awarded by the June T. Loveberger Charitable Trust to fund this new segment called Celebrity Where Are They Now in History, in which I hire celebrities and I pay them their exorbitant celebrity speaking fees in order to do segments of Where Are They Now in History, and I record them at only the finest recording studios. And yes, Jordan, sometimes that necessitates that I will stay over in the United States overnight in order to deal with and record and make goings-on and doings with these very famous, expensive celebrities. Um, okay, well, I mean, that seems... Legitimate. That seems like a legitimate use of the the, the June T. Loveberger Charitable Trust funds because um, it is to do with extra history. It is to do with the extra historical segments on my show. Yeah, but there's no reason to do that. I mean, there, it, you don't have to have celebrities doing well, it. Well, no, no, it's not about whether or not I have to. You know, it, it makes the extra historical segments that much more interesting for the listener to listen to, and therefore, I think they will enjoy them more. I, I mean, I, that again, I, that sounds pretty legitimate. Well, it's as legitimate as the entire concept of extra history, at least. Well, that's yes, it. thank you. Yeah, I guess I would agree with that, Frank. So the point is, later in this episode, you will hear your normal This Day in History episode for today, November 7th, and then you will hear a new celebrity episode of Celebrity Where Are They Now in History, in which a famous celebrity... Tells you what happened after that fact. So that's quite good. Uh, yeah, oh, sure. I, I guess you could call it good, but I would call it lame. That would You'd call that lame and probably a waste of my money that I could have been putting to better use, you know, buying things like comfortable homes. For the homeless? No, for me. I mean, like different homes. Like I, I bought recently bought an apartment in New York. So now I don't have to stay in hotels here. I, I have a very nice apartment here in New York. I can fly back and forth between the two. From Italy to uh, to New York, back and forth. I have a nice, I have a private jet. Gets me there, lickety split, no problem. Yes, yes, yes. We all love hearing about how rich you are. Yes. Oh, well, just like we all like hearing about how poor you are. And I, I, I will say that I will be on the lookout to make sure that none of that money is being spent on you in your personal life. Because that is not what it's for. You know, that money is for extra history. And so if it is being funded into your life, into your pockets, then it is money that should be going to Japan, like the other $2 million you stole from me. $2 million for Japan is a drop in the bucket. That's what I'm saying. Especially compared to the things that I already paid for it. So, you know, there we are. All right, guys. All right. Uh, You know, gosh, this is sounding just like the old days. This is ridiculous. Yeah, yeah, it's ridiculous that you guys sound like you're old. No, that's not what I meant, but they do sound kind of old, don't they? Yeah, yeah, they sound really old. No, I don't sound old. Well, I, I mean, I think you probably sound like the oldest person present. Are, are you the old? I think you are the oldest person here, right? Well, yeah, that, that doesn't mean anything. It means you're the least attractive, I think. No, no, it doesn't. I, I'll have you know, there are people who are very attracted to me. <laughs> right. Like there's someone who would be attracted to you. That's ridiculous. It's not, it's not ridiculous at all, actually. Thank you very much. I don't, I don't want to think about this. This is kind of disgusting. Oh, speaking of which, though... <sighs> 
speaking of which, we have another audio letter here. Uh, so let's let's play this audio letter. Dear John, this is your mother. I want to thank you for exposing the horrible hoax that happened the other week when somebody wrote in an audio letter pretending to be me. What a disgrace. It sure is a good thing that you proved that it wasn't that other person who was actually having all this sex I'm having with Frank Allen. Certainly not. I'm sure Frank was just as offended as I was by that incorrect suggestion. Also, I happen to think a watch is really funny and witty, even though it makes fun of Frank. Uh, keep it up. And also, uh, the call of Kfubu was uh, great. It was uh, a lot of work when it left, obviously. I would give your cat top marks, definitely. And that was so stupid to think that we were having all that sex in your room. But we, you don't even have your room anymore. I'm living somewhere else than your room used to be. Everybody knows that. That's an obvious fact. Um, I'm even your mother, and I know that. Anyway, just wanted to check in, but also I wanted to let you know you should definitely give your friends that four million dollars. You should give it to them right away. What are you going to do with that extra four million dollars? Uh, just make sure you start sending it over, even if it's in installments, because your mother says they're the right people that you should be hanging out with, and you can only hang out with them if you get them free with the million dollars. But I'm really happy for them as your mother, Jordan. Also, I thought I'd give you these bits of uh, radio shows for your podcast, since you seem to have them on every week. This should prove I'm definitely your mother, because whenever people send you radio shows, you notice that that proves it's really them. See, I know, because I've been listening to your show just like a good mother. So remember to uh, always wash up every day and clean your room, whatever it is. Definitely not in my house anymore. And also, always give your friends four million dollars. This is your mother, Jordan's mother, signing out. About to go over Italy, gotta go there and have sex with Frank Allen. Definitely something I do. Night! Okay, again, that's not my mother. That is not what my mother sounds like. My mother's not British. So, I think it's pretty clear that person had a British accent. Rory, is that correct? As an expert in British accents? Well, I'm not so much an expert as just someone who's an amateur my entire life, but I will say yes, that did sound like a British accent, so I don't believe that was an American woman. I think there was probably a British man. Right, that's what I, that's what I thought. And again, I did not sleep with Jordan's mother. I don't know how many ways I can say it. Please, Mrs. White, do not continue saying that I slept with you. Uh, no, no, you first, no, Frank, that's not, first of all, that's not my mother saying that. Second of all, my mother's name isn't Mrs. White because my mother and my father are not married, so. Okay, so that was your stepmother. No, my ste- no, my stepmother is Mrs. White, but that wasn't her. That was neither of those people. That was neither my real mother nor my, my stepmother. Neither of them has slept with you and neither of them is the person who was talking just Okay, there. well, whoever it is that is saying it, I didn't sleep with Jordan's mother. I didn't sleep with Jordan's stepmother. I didn't sleep with anyone named Jordan's mother. I don't know why these people are so obsessed with you sleeping with mothers. You know, it's ridiculous. Well, it is. I did because I, I didn't sleep with Jordan's mother. So, I, you know, please stop saying it. I'm going to have to sue. Again, I don't know who I can sue. I'm going to sue British men in general. No, you 
no, you can't do that, Frank. It doesn't work. Yeah, it's like when, when, when there's a classroom full of students, right? And one of them does something wrong and they go, well, then none of you are going to have recess if I don't find out who did this. So that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to sue all British men for about a million dollars each unless they actually say who it was. If they admit who it was, you know, give that person up, that person can give me the million dollars and then it's just one million dollars. Otherwise, it's as many millions as there are British men. Every single one of them will owe me a million dollars. So please, somebody write in and tell me who it was that's saying this. No, Frank, I know I really don't think that that is going to legally work. Yeah, it, it doesn't. It doesn't work. Because I, I, yeah, I don't think you, I don't think that the law works that well, way. Look, I got to be able to sue someone. I've got lawyers for these things. That's what they do. They sue people. Well, again, yeah, you can sue whoever you want, Frank, but I'm saying I don't think you'll win. If you try to sue every British man in the world, you, you're going to lose and it's just going to cost you the court fees and I, I, like, I really don't recommend it. <sighs> fine, fine, fine. But speaking of millions of dollars, th- again, th- I don't understand why my mother or my fake mother or this person pretending to be my mother, I should say, wants me to send $4 million to my friends... I'm assuming they mean my kidnapped friends, Charles and Cheryl. But uh, the thing is, they're not kidnapped. We've already established that they are not kidnapped. So they're out on having a tryst, a love tryst. No, they're robots, clearly. Uh, well, Rory thinks they're robots. But even if they were robots, they're not going to need $4 million. Robots like money as well. Why wouldn't they? No, Jordan, that's ridiculous. They're kidnapped by a British gang. I, I, I don't think they were kidnapped by a British gang is the thing. They weren't. They're robots. So, you know, I don't understand what this problem is. Do you think that maybe it was the Girl Scouts? What? I'm sorry, huh? what? The Girl Scouts. You you had the Girl Scouts coming after you. Maybe they kidnapped your friends. Did you think of that? What do the Girl Scouts have to do with Charles and Cheryl? Yeah, that's that's really stupid, Scape. I don't see the connection. Because there isn't one. No, that's preposterous. Just because the Girl Scouts are an evil organization like the CIA and uh, the committee to have Alderman Samuels killed, right? Like them. You know, I don't. That doesn't mean that that they're kidnapping Jordan's friends. Why would they? That doesn't make any sense. Why would the Girl Scouts want to kidnap them? Unless the Girl Scouts had a reason that they wanted $4 million. Well, I mean, who doesn't want $4 million? I want $4 million, of course. You have $4 million. Well, I have a lot more than $4 million, but I'll take another $4 million as well. You've already got your $4 million. Can I have my $4 million, please? No, no, you can't. Because if you had $4 million, it would go to Japan. Right, 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 right. Anyway, no, Scape, that doesn't make any sense. Why would the girl... No, 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 no. Um, but... Back to the audio letter. My mom said that uh, she sent the podcast. Here's the thing. Just sending the podcast uh, uh, segments, sending the, the serials, doesn't mean that you're the real person. Because my mom doesn't send me radio serials. My mom has never listened to this podcast before. And she isn't listening to it now. So she doesn't know about the audio serials in order to know to send them. You see what I'm saying? She doesn't even know to send an email to this email address. Because my mom doesn't listen to my podcast. I, that doesn't mean that she doesn't, you know, care what I do with my time. It's just that this is a thing I do that she doesn't listen to. That's okay. Are you doing that thing of the, the protesting too much, I think? No, I'm not. It's, I don't, I'm not upset that my mother doesn't listen to my podcast. I'm saying it's not a big deal. My mother doesn't sleep with Frank Allen. My mother doesn't listen to the podcast. These are not from my mother. These are not my mother writing to us. And whoever it is, they're lying about me having sex with his mother. Frank Allen does not have sex with mothers. We know. Frank Allen does not have sex with... Jordan's mothers, no. Anyway, um, but thank you for sending those radio serials. Um, we do have a few to, to listen to today. Uh, let's see what we've got. First of all, we've got Slam Jackson, another episode of Slam Jackson, uh, who we're all a little pissed at, to be honest with you, because he gave us a, a real hard time when we talked about the fact that he was gay, and then he, turns out he is gay. So I don't know what his problem was. Do you think his problem might be that he wants his personal life to be kept personal? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then don't become a, a world-famous adventurist. 
you know, that's all I can say. You don't want to be an adventurist, then don't be an adventurist. But it's, you know, once you're doing the adventurist walk, you have to be able to talk the adventurist talk or tolerate the other people talking about the adventurist with the adventurist talk, as the case may be. The point is, I'm not a fan of him. Frank doesn't like him. No, I never have. Really? And Rory obviously hates him, yes. I hate him, yes. So, okay, we're all kind of peeved at him. Escape, what do you think of him? I'm fine with him. I don't give a crap. All right. I mean, you did write an episode of his show. Yeah, it was a good one. It was a better episode than ever. I I mean, I don't know if it was the best episode. It was. I know. I did a test. I listened to the episodes and I went, which one did I like more? Hmm, I think I went. This can't be episode. Uh, okay. Good. So anyway, we've got an episode of Slam Jackson. We have the second episode of the new series that we started hearing last time, which is called Chop Henderson Adventurator. We have the aforementioned Where Are They Now in History? Or I should say Celebrity Where Are They Now in History? Thank you very much. And we also have something very special because 100 episodes ago today, and by today I mean 100 episodes ago this episode, we mentioned a little famous 60s television show, uh, animated series from the 60s. And it turns out a number of our... Uh, listeners are too young to remember the 60s. Now, I'm too young to remember the 60s, but they, they had reruns when I was, you know, a child in the 80s. A lot of the people listening to our podcast are too young to remember the early 80s. So what we did is we got special permission. We wrote to the, uh, the company who did this animated series, and we said, we do a podcast. We are big fans of your series. Uh, we would love to air an episode of your animated series on our podcast. Now, obviously, we're an audio show, and you're a video uh, 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 show, so I don't know if the whole episode will make as much sense, but we would love to air like a kind of a, a shortened audio version of one of your episodes. Uh, what do you guys think of that? And they were like, well, the DVDs are just on sale. They uh, way want to say last year, but they're still on sale. Um, as long as you, after you play it, you talk about the DVDs that people can buy, we're cool with that. So coming up soon, you will hear a very special audio episode of a uh, beloved 60s television cartoon show. Should we get right into it? Yes, I think so. Yeah, I got, I got places to be, so please. All right, here we go. Uh, this is, uh, we're going to start with Slam Jackson. Slam Jackson. Adventurist! by Pete Bowers, Charles Berman, Daniel Schwartz, and Michael Weishner. Season 2, Episode 7, The Preserve Parlez-Vous. Our story opens in the garage of Slam Jackson, known homosexual- Will you drop that already? Adventurist, as he gaily- I will beat you. I mean, happily cleans his garage, as the limber Liberace of lawfulness sashays from tool bench to trash bin. Okay, how about we play a game? Scrabble Slam, or would you prefer Upwards? It's called Shut the F*** Up About Me Being Gay. You go first. I hasten to remind that jaded J. Edgar of Justice that he, not I, first broached the topic. You lost this round. Slam one, you zero. Round two. By the power of Skull, it is on now, Slam Jackson. Yes. Yes, it is. Nimble as an acrobat who is good at his job, I rush to clear these mason jars from the top of the lawnmower. Be careful with those. I'm not sure what's in them. From the label, it would seem to be... Scatterdong Jam? Boysenbury Jam? Outrageous! Exactly. Every- Does this mason jar say rape? 
Probably. Every year, my mom sends us all jars of her homemade perseveres. You mean preserves? I don't know. And I don't want to know. The best thing to do is hide them and hope she never mentions them again. I can't imagine who'd be crazy enough And to with the serendipity of a blind man sharpshooting, Slam Jackson is interrupted by his arch-nemesis, Lady Marmalade! It's pronounced marmalade, you racist oaf! I spoke too soon, of course. What can I do for you, Dorothy? You'll find it is Lady Dorothy Iphigenia Marmalade! Okay, Lady. What do you want? To complete my quest and realize my true destiny as inheritor of all the Earth's jams and jellies! Really? Stunned and befuddled, I see! As well you ought to be! Lady, this is a terrible idea. These preserves are decades old and probably awful. Those are the words of a dry toast defeatist! Good one! Silence, officious lout! Nothing shall prevent me from seizing the mantle of Empress of the Fruity Spreads. Win but a spoonful of this smack blurry germ. Total supremacy shall be mine and mine alone! And what if I don't? You know, hypothetically. Then a torrent of spread-related attacks shall be levied upon your personage! For behold, and see, Slam Jackson, I shall unleash upon you this jam band! Not yet, we're tuning! Don't bother, carry on! Carry on my wayward son There'll be peace when you are done Lay your weary head to rest Don't you cry That isn't the same meaning of the word jam. I have tasted okra butter, Slam Jackson. I will not be deterred by mere homophones. Speaking of which, what a surprise you should have it upon the rather tender subject of Slam Jackson's sexual orientation. What is gay? As a double rainbow over the YMCA. Oh, for the f***ing f***. So what? What do you mean? Lots of people are gay. Even the gayest other gay could not out-gay Slam Jackson, our frolicking fairy of fabulousness. I have had it with your homophobic assertions. This is the 21st century. Being gay isn't a big deal. And you have no right to mock people for it. Exactly. Thank you. Listen, Dot, just take the jars. You'd be doing me a favor. At last, my life is complete. Death has no sting. This rape smells awful. Well, that takes care of those. Speaking of which, the score is now 2-0. Time for the lightning round. What happens in the lightning round? I kick you out if you mention it. Think you can handle that? Can I handle it? Will Lady Marmalade realize her destiny? Does the rape taste as bad as it sounds? Pursue other less intense hobbies, gentle listeners, as you wait with the ICU on speed dial for the next aorta-shattering episode of... Watch it. Slam Jackson! Adventurist! In that episode of Slam Jackson, Adventurist, 
The narrator was Mickey Weishner, Slam Jackson was Jack Kumrat, Lady Marmalade was Angela Tymon, and the band member was Ed Jones. Welcome to This Day in History on WHRW Binghamton. My name is Rory Sinjin. On November 7th, 1944, Democrat Franklin D. Roosevelt is re-elected President of the United States for a record third time, handily defeating his Republican challenger, Wendell Wilkie, the governor of New York. Strong, virile President Roosevelt, will you hold my infant grandson and kiss him and give him your benediction, Mr. President? In a moment, kind wicker woman, but first I'd like to comment on how, by being elected three times, I am obviously the greatest president ever who cares what I've done at any time. Now give me this glorious baby so that I might kiss it, having a little difficulty over Dan DePolio. Eleanor, grab my chair! No, you dropped him. Oh, Oh no, I'm going to fall on the baby! Splat! Over the course of his third term of presidency, FDR shook so many babies that the brain damage resulted in the hippie revolution of the 60s. Please don't shake your children. This is This Day in History on WHRW Binghamton. But don't stir yourself yet. Yes, it is I, Inventor Wizard, Time Travel, Honor, Green Lantern, and Expecting Father, Thomas L. Edison, and this is Celebrity Where Are They Now in History on Cast and Wax. And what many people do not know is that the grandfather that was handing that baby to President Roosevelt was actually Bruce Wayne. Yes, really. And so brokenhearted was Bruce Wayne by the death of his grandson that he decided instead to immediately don the mask and become the Batman. And so he would go around unshaking babies using, I don't know, a bat unshaker or something like that. I wasn't there at the time. I was busy being awesome because I am Thomas L. Edison and awesome. But the point is, by unshaking babies, he destroyed hippieism forever. And that is why Joseph McCarthy became president. Freedom reigns everywhere. That's right, Thomas. This is Rory Sinjin adding that the Batman went on to develop special suits of armor for every baby that makes them completely impossible to shake because they are so heavy that no one can lift them. And the babies raised in that unshakable bat armor were so brilliantly wonderful that their parents had no choice but to name every single one of them Thomas Alva Edison after Thomas Alva Edison in honor of how close to that man's brilliance they came. Not exactly matching it, but they were the closest anyone had ever come before. My name is Rory Sinjin. My name is Thomas Alva Edison, and this is Celebrity Where Are They Now in History on Cast and Wax. Captain Webb, better look out, Captain Webb. There is no doubt in his web life substance. The criminal's there, so he can just spin. And they can be scared, Captain Webb. Swim the channel, Captain Webb. Wearing flannel, he's gonna string them up and string them along. The subject of this awesome song, Captain Webb. Yeah! Captain Webb, the animated series, season four, episode two, Spinning Wheels. Our story begins with Captain Webb taking up duty at his regular Webb bungalow. Ah, the soothing menthol vapors of my Lucky Stripe cigarette are definitely allowing me to relax from a long day of heroing and such. Although I must admit that the life of a hero is lonely. If only there were some way I could find a companion to tell my stories to, like that Batman guy has. I like the cut of his jib. I say terms like jib because I am a sailor. Ah, the webophone. Let me put on my gloves. It's a little sticky. Ah, here we are. Hello, this is Captain Webb. Age, sex, and location. Um, well, 23. Male. The Web Bungalow? Ooh, 23. Female, not the Web Bungalow. Ah, I see. So, 
How is the weather at Not the Web Bungalow? What are you wearing? Um, the uniform of a captain in the Merchant Marine. And my web tendrils. I love web tendrils. That is fortunate, or this conversation would be slightly awkward now. Suddenly, our hero is distracted by a knock at the door. Ah, there's a knock at the web door. Postman, two postcards, bill, magazine, package from Amazon, postage from Brazil, uh, misdelivered mail for the secret military installation next door. Here you Uh, go. Ah, what a shame. There is a secret military installation next door to which this letter has been misdelivered. Also, my poisonous tree frog came in a box. How nice. Now, excuse me, lady on the web phone? I think we should meet. Hmm. That is very tempting. Would you be able to come over to the secret base, right next to my web bungalow? Yes, show up to the secret base next to your web bungalow. Come alone, and come wearing your web tendrils. Very well, I have three of those. Alright, this is the last time I stay in somebody's house after delivering the mail. See you later. Goodbye, postman. The postman departs with rapid haste. (laughs) Gotta get out of here, gotta get out of here. He always runs so quickly when he's the postman. Now, to the secret military base. Quickly, to the webmobile! Departing as quickly as something that quickly departs, our hero departs to the webmobile. Quickly. Seconds later, he arrives at the secret military base next door, 50 feet away. Uh, do you, do you have your parking validated for the secret military base? Why, yes I do. Here are my web credentials. Sorry, they're a little sticky. Uh, YMCA card. Sure. Old Navy gift certificate, form number two. Uh, there's a spot over there. Thank you very much. Which way to the postmaster's office for this base? <laughs> damned if I know. Well then, sir, you are probably damned. And not telling me. I sense a mystery. I, all, all I know is where the secret uh, ARPANET uh, computer hookup is. That's in there. Oh, I'll just go to the secret ARPANET computer hookup then. Oh, yeah, whatever. Wow. Computers. I'm sure that this is what the future will look like. Can I help you? I'm a computer scientist, obviously. Ah, a scientist. Probably this week's villain. Anyway, yes, I couldn't help but notice that some mail was misdelivered to my web bungalow 50 feet from this door. Was it snail mail? Yes? Then that's not my department. I only deal with newfangled, incredibly fast, only takes about a day to download electronic digital mail. Dr. Finnegan! Dr. Finnegan, come quickly! What is it? What is it? I know you're the only person watching this top-secret computer installation here at the military base, but there's some urgent business. A rat has gotten loose in the bathroom. Oh my god, I've got to help. Can you watch this computer for us? I'm great at watching. I'm Captain Webb. Turns out I'm not a villain. Nice to meet you. Oh, this was a pleasant surprise. The scientist departs, and our hero watches the computer that merely only takes up the space of the entire room. I imagine that someday a computer may get to be as little as seven tons. Amazing. Oh, Captain Webb, I'm so glad you could make it. What? Oh, gracious. Quickly, sir, to that dark, shadowy corner. Hmm. I sense a mystery coming. Yes. A very impressive mystery. The one where no one can see you. Very well. I, Captain Webb, shall stride manfully to this dark corner. Now it is the dark. Incoming computer message. Incoming computer message. My god. The one and true god. This appears to be some sort of incoming computer message. I wonder what this computer is trying to tell me. Do you like what you see, Captain Webb? The quality of sight is one of my favorites. Looking at this picture, why, yes. Yes, I do. This is quite a detailed diagram. Although, I feel sort of obligated now to send a diagram of my own. Here, how about some nuclear secrets? These are just lying around in this computer room. I will send those back. Hmm. Computer, if you could send this outgoing... Sending message... 
Wow, computers are easy to use. I wonder what that scientist was here for. Suddenly, digging her fingers beneath her pale face, the young lady peels her face back and takes off her latex mask to reveal... Thank you so much, Captain Vib. My god, the one and true god again. It is you, Commissar Adhesive. How did you get here? By using the internet. Wow, that sounds complicated. It is very much. Now thank you so much for these nuclear secrets. By posting boobs, my god, this was so simple. Zowie, I have sent you nuclear secrets. Well, you're welcome, I guess, is the first thing. Russians won. America, zero. But hold on, there's something you're forgetting. That would be... Our hero whips out his passport and reveals... I am secretly British. Son of bitch. Aha, God save the queen and such. Now, my web-like tendrils are going to ensnare you, Commissar Adhesive. Don't you dare. Too late, I am doing it now. My god, this is uncomfortable. Tell me about it. I had been hoping you would be a lady. But, the good news is that I am lonely no more. Now we can go back to the web bungalow and I can tell you all about my stamp collection. Mother Russia, please protect me. Too late, Rusky. Minutes later, back at the web bungalow. And so you see, if I put my foot down just this way... That's a whole nother kind of stamp. This has nothing to do with adhesive or stamps. I'm using a homophone. You wouldn't understand that because you're Russian. But that is not the point. The point is, Commissar Adhesive, that you, and by extension the children at home who think like you sometimes, should never share personal information over computers. Or you'll be forced to listen to me, Captain Webb, talking about my stamp collection. I bet this will never happen again as long as the internet exists. Most likely. Now, you see, if I put on this new shoe, and that makes an entirely different kind of sound. Just oh. And so our hero saves the day once again. Tune in next week for another thrilling adventure of Captain Webb, the animated series. That episode of Captain Webb featured the voice talent of Ed Jones, Daniel Schwartz, Charles Berman, Bailiff Quimby, Jordan Randall, Cheryl Casey, and Jordan D. White. Chop Henderson, Adventurator! Episode 2, The Day the Earth Could Kill, by Charles Berman, Pete Bowers, Daniel Schwartz, and Michael Woishner. He once wrestled a wrestler dressed like an alligator. He once boxed a boxer dressed as a box. He is the man the ladies want, assuming that the ladies in question want Chop Henderson. Having used his Holmesian analytical mind and his Lolitan personal magnetism, Chop Henderson has located the den of his hated opponent, surrounded by the house of his hated opponent. Still not going anywhere warm, I see. Warmth is an extravagance of the weakened spirit, anti-telecool reporter. Any moment now, that fiend should emerge from his residence and into my strong and flawlessly manicured clutches. Well, just look at the shine on these nails. No, Master. Oh, well, it's the thought that counts, Bogworth. It's been four hours, Chop. Can't we just knock on the door? And beard the lion in his den? Folly! Any italic girl reporter? 
Only the delicate sensibilities of a woman would produce such a plan. Excuse me? I said, only the delicate sensibilities of a woman would produce such a plan. <sighs> I'm glad you're making sure to capture every pearl of wisdom I drop swine-like at your feet. Yep, you're a pig all right. Oh, Lanny Italico, reporter. How the police wish they had my acumen. But ho! What is this? Tally-ho! Forward, to the prize. You halloo! Oh, Chop, it's just some vampire hunters. Vampire hunters? In the daytime? They can go out in daylight. Don't be racist. What do black people have to do with this? Nothing, sir. Thought not, Bogworth. They're always sending press releases anytime they bag a new kill. Sportsmen, I see! Ahoy, vampire hunters! Why, hello, gent. Spot a fox nearby, what? What? Boosh! What? Pip-pip. Um, yes, um, perhaps you gentlemen could help me. I'm seeking to find Slam Jackson and make him pay! Well, bad luck there, old spot. Probably at work now, I'd imagine. (laughs) Work. (laughs) 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 But no, by good bean. He'll probably be back around six-ish. Rather fancy the spot of R&R after all that adventure, what? Not that again. Curses! The toil of the lower classes! I shall have to wait another eight hours before he returns. Oh, no. Not on your life, mister. I've already missed breakfast. You're not going to leave me standing on a suburban street all day while real news is happening. We're going to get something to eat. You're buying. I accept your long overdue invitation to dinner, any italic girl reporter. Gentlemen, I leave you now. Very well. Do give a shout if you see the fox, Watt. What? Oh, well, I, I, I shall. Good luck hunting vampires, you lot. Oh, goodness gracious me, what nonsense. Why ever would we hunt vampires? We are vampires. What? Oh, no, not you two. Margaret, fetch me the blunderbuss. Primed and ready, sir. Oh, how droll. Are you meaning to join us? We would have to bite your necks. Oh, don't be so poncy, Percy. It's only a prank. Ain't that the truth? And now, by the hand of Chop Henderson, die, blood-sucking hell beast! Ah! Egad! I die! Bertram! Whatever did you do that for, you thunderous brutes? For justice! For glory! For Chop Henderson! Who's me, by the way. And soon, as Bogworth reloads this thing, its business end will be the end of your business! Well, that's just rude. Terribly ill-mannered of you. Good Good day, day, sir. Wait! You forgot your dead friend! In the trunk, then, sir? Not today, Bogworth. It seems I've killed two birds with one stone. (laughs) By slaying a vampire hunter and framing Slam Jackson for murder. Besides, the trunk is rather full of shark ninjas. Very well, sir. Fine. Whatever. Let's get some lunch. Towards a delicious repast forges the forging hand of Chop Henderson. Namely, his butler, Bogworth. Behind them, his indirect employee, Annie Italic, girl reporter. Behind them is me, his more direct employee, Ralph, trying desperately to keep up on a stolen bicycle. And behind them, stationary, the corpse of a slowly rotting vampire decaying on Slam Jackson's 
very doorstep. Will there be repercussions? Join us next time for the further adventurations of Chop Henderson, Adventurator. In that episode of Chop Henderson Adventurator, Ralph was Charles Berman, Chop Henderson was Pete Bowers, Bogworth was Bailiff Quimby, any italic girl reporter was Angela Schwartz, and the vampire hunters were Lisa Paquette, Mickey Weishner, and Daniel Schwartz. Thank you very much, Rory, and thank you uh, very much, everybody, for listening. Those were three terrific serials and a uh, nice little uh, This Day in History historical segment, so... <sighs> Pardon me. Wow, I, I don't know why I did that. Uh, probably because you're getting bored with this whole show because the show is boring. Let me comment on where are they now in history if I can. Um, okay, sure. Does he have to? Well, he's got a thing to say, so... Yeah, listen. You say you're bringing in celebrities, you bring in your stepfather. Now, that's not fair. Just because my mother happened to marry an incredibly famous person doesn't mean that I can't use him as a celebrity on my celebrity show. I'm just saying I don't think, like, we expected, you know, a real big celebrity. Are you implying that Thomas Alva Edison is not a big celebrity? No, of course not. He is a friend of mine. He is a good person who I don't want to make angry. But the point is that while he is a hugely famous celebrity that everyone has heard of, sure, he's also your stepfather. I think that's cheating. Well, I'm not, I use someone else next time, too. Well, good. Good, because otherwise I'd say you you are siphoning the money that is for this grant uh, off to your family members. No, no, that is not the case. Because again, you live with your stepfather on his dime, so by giving him no, money... No, 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 That is not true. He does not, first of all, he does not give me that money, so that's not... No, I wasn't no. implying he gives it to you, but he spends money on things like a home. He already owns the home outright. He already owns it outright. He's not paying a mortgage. Come on, what, what do you think? Right, okay, that's true. No, look, I, I have different people every week. It is different celebrities. They are all very famous, so it is a worthwhile endeavor, and it is a, a wonderful endeavor funded by the Junty Love Charitable Fund. I'm, I'm just saying it better get it, it does. It, every episode is better than the last before. So, Thomas Anderson's the worst episode you recorded. Now, that's not what I meant. That's not what I meant. But I'm saying that every episode gets better in some ways, while in other ways, they pale and compare. Look, it doesn't... I don't... Why, the, the point is, it's a worthwhile expenditure. Yeah, it sounds... It, it's, uh, I mean, that was fine. That was. He's a celebrity. That's fine. All right? If you say so. No, that seems, that seems reasonable. Um, but I do want to move on to the next segment of the show, which is we have a segment here called Listener Mail, where you have sent us Listener Mail, hopefully, and uh, we will read it and talk about it and answer it on the, uh, the podcast live. So here's how you write into us. You write into us at castinwax at gmail.com. That's castinwax at gmail.com. And if you are hearing my words come out of my mouth right now, email us. We want you, yes, you, to email us because it gives variety to the show. It makes interesting things happen. Let's see what this time we heard about. Uh, Rory, you want to read this one for us? Sure, no problem. Uh, Dear Jordan, who exactly is Frank Allen? I've heard you talking about him on the podcast every once in a while, and now he's a co-host. He sounds like a hobo. I'm way more interesting than him. How can I become co-host of your show? I promise I'd be way more entertaining than whatever random hobo you pull out of a back alley. Sincerely, Kathy Butenko. Um, thank you, Kathy. No, for... no, hang on. I, no, I think I deserve to answer this. Well, Frank, uh, this was dress, addressed to me. It says, Dear Jordan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure it does. I understand that. But I'm saying I'm Frank Allen and he's writing about me. I am not a hobo, ma'am. I am a international celebrity and millionaire now, I'll have you know. So very far from a hobo. To be fair, you did used to be homeless. That was that was like a year ago. That was a while ago. Yes, but we never heard how you went from being a hobo to being a millionaire. I mean, how did you get the money? Because of my show, obviously. Yeah, but how did you fund your show? That I mean, you, you can't just 
be a homeless person who does a show. I told you, if you want to get the story behind that, I can offer you an exclusive interview. I'm not having you interview yourself. That's ridiculous. All right, all right. No, even if you don't interview yourself, I'm not just going to chat about the secrets of my life and the, the techniques I use to make money. If you want to do like a serious interview, an in-depth Frank Allen style Frank Allen interview. Who am I going to have interview you? I can make some recommendations. I know some people. <sighs> well, look, all right. I I will tell you what. I'll I'll figure it out. I will find someone that to do a serious interview with you, and then we will do an interview. Okay, so we can find out what the heck your deal is. That's, that sounds totally reasonable. So, uh, Kathy, thank you for writing into us. Frank Allen is a guy. He he was actually on the show when it started, and he was one of the co-hosts. Uh, obviously, you said you're new to the podcast. Well, I, maybe you didn't say that, but the point is you must be because he used to be on the podcast every episode. Ninety-seven percent of the people who listen listen because I'm on. The all right, podcast. all right, all right, all right, all right. But um, thank you, but thank you, Kathy, for writing into us. Uh, you'll find out soon who he is in more depth because we will do a Frank Allen style Frank Allen interview of Frank Allen. Yes, thank you for that. Okay, well, let's see what else we got. Uh, Frank, do you want to read the next letter to us? Sure, no problem. Uh, oh, it's from uh, a regular writer. Uh, Dear Jordan, I don't know why everyone here is so suspicious of you. I was just bringing in all the authorities in hope that they could help find my missing and beloved daughter, Sally, but they seem to be on more of a mission to get you for something. I tried to play them an episode of your show to demonstrate that you were harmless. It was the, uh, the part last time where you and your co-host were talking about the pictures of naked Girl Scouts. They kept saying things like, Aha! And, uh, now we've got him. And wasn't that naked Girl Scouts that Jordan E. White was talking about? Can you help them get off this Girl Scout pornography thing and back on the case of finding my daughter? I miss her. Thanks, Rochester Adams. <sighs> okay. Rochester Adams, I I don't know anything about your daughter. I don't, I've never met her. I only know about her because you send me letters about her. The only reason that she gets talked about on this podcast is because you write to me about her. I don't know her. I've never met her. I probably will never meet her. This is ridiculous. I, I've never taken naked pictures of Girl Scouts. I don't ever intend to take naked pictures of Girl Scouts. I, there's no pornography of Girl Scouts on my computer Verified. Whoa, 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 whoa. Verified. Yes, I have gone through my computer and I have checked to see if any of the girls on my computer in the pornography that I have on my computer were ever Girl Scouts. They weren't. That's you knew of. No. Well, yeah, that I know. I mean, I, I looked into their biographies, their personal biographies. And if anyone was a Girl Scout related, I even close to Girl Scouts, I would delete them. Yes, but you don't know for sure. Because they are a secretive organization, and a lot of times their members are not allowed to admit that they're members. Wait, what? They're, no, they're, 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 they wear uniforms and stuff. They, it's pretty obvious who's in the Girl Scouts and who's not. <laughs> Jordan, Jordan, come on now. Oh, come, what? You don't know about the Girl Scouts, do you? I, you've, you've told me lots about the Girl Scouts. I clearly don't know... As much as you do, maybe you should be the one that they're writing to. No, Jordan, no, come on. It's a well-known fact that three out of every four girls are in the Girl Scouts. What? What? That's not, that's not even close to true. You, what, you're, you're the problem that you're having is that you believe that the girls in the Girl Scout uniforms are the only ones in the Girl Scouts. That's naive. You know, that's, that's very simplistic. Yeah, how are they going to be a good secretive organization if they advertise who's in their group? No, the girls in the uniforms, most of them are decoys, you know? I mean, they are actually members, but they're the ones who are going to be doing, you know, simple things like deploying the cookies, which make people forget about the Girl Scouts, things like that. Whereas the actual wet work of the Girl Scouts is usually done by people who are never acknowledged as members, you know, but they are secret members who are the, the most vicious killers in the world. Oh, come on. This, this is not... So the, so the point is that... The girls that you have pornography of, I mean, they're most likely Girl Scouts, let's be honest. Three out of every four women, you know, that's a lot of women. That's not possible. That That's most of the women in the world. That's not possible. Well, that's why they are a powerful organization. How, how, okay, so you're saying that, okay, so three out of every four women, that would mean 
three out of every eight people in the world, because let's say about half women, half men. So that would be more than one third of the world is a member of this secret organization. That's not that secret anymore. Well, no, because no, none of them even know who is in it and who's not. You know, the fact that there's one out of every four girls who's not is one of their key weapons. Because that way, it keeps it a mysterious to all the women in the Girl Scouts who is not. They have to, every time they, they see another woman, they have to say, is she one of the one or one of the three? Yeah, I don't know. I can't really judge. They look at, you know, behavior patterns to see if they can figure out which which she is. Yeah, haven't you ever noticed that women are, like, so judgmental of each other? That's why. Re- really? That's... Wow. Okay. Huh. No, I never... I never knew that. Yes, it's true. So, the point... Look, Jordan, trying to get rid of your Girl Scout pornography is it's not going to happen. But I, I... But I'm not... It's not going to happen. So just give it up. <sighs> Fine. I... Look, I don't... I... I'm not... Mr. Adams, I don't know. I don't know where your Girl Scout girl is. I don't know where your daughter is. I don't... I'll be honest. I don't care anymore. I don't care where she is. I don't... I, I, it's been too long. It's been too long. I, I just... The whole thing is just upsetting me now. Jordan, that's heartless. Yes, that's... I mean, that's really terrible of you to say. I, I can't help it. She's been missing a long time. I... Oh, God, I probably shouldn't be saying this out loud, but she's been missing a long time. She's obviously not coming back. I'm sorry, Mr. Adams. I'm sorry. That's really... That's just cold. Yeah. Cruel. I mean, I, you're a terrible... Terrible friend. He's not my friend. I, I'm, he's a guy who writes into my podcast and is annoying me. I don't. Oh, you so you're insulting your audience even better. Really, Jordan? I, no. Okay. F- sorry, Mr. Adams. Sorry. Please stop writing to me. I don't. I don't know anything about your daughter. Leave me alone, please. Come on. <sighs> fine. You know. Fine. Seriously. Okay. We have another letter here. Uh, Rory, could you please read this to me? Thank you very much. Yes, no problem. Dear Mr. White, I hope you do not mind me contacting you about a business matter at this address. My name is Nelson Krugelbrot. I'm an outreach representative with the Jules Bambi Instructional Society. I have been following your podcast and have been very impressed with your work. As I am sure you're aware, the JBIS is one of the most powerful and influential skeptical organizations in the world. We've all really admired the work that you and your colleague Frank Allen have done at debunking the exploitative hoax that is the discipline of extra history... Now, wait a minute, Jordan. I, I'm sorry, we just got to finish the letter, please. <laughs> Fine. We're especially excited that Frank Allen is back on the show, and that now you and he can unite against extra history and truly prove its unscientific, con-game nature. Now, that's totally unfair. R- Rory, just finish yes, the... Yes, yes, yes. I was writing to see if you would have any interest in starting to receive the Jules Bambi Critical Freethought Profligate Extravagance Grant in order to assist you in putting the show together. Of course, any pro-extra history references would have to be removed. Let me know. Nelson Krugelbrot, Outreach Representative, Jules Bambi, Instructional Society. Jordan, obviously you can't do this. Obviously. Wait, Rory, wait. Hang on. Jules Bambi is a real great guy, and he's kind of an idol, I because I am, as you know, an atheist and a skeptic, and, I mean, I'm not as skeptical as some people. I mean, obviously, you know, Patsy Kennedy has it way over me, but, like, you know, I, I'm a pretty skeptical person, and the fact that someone from the society is listening, first of all, thank you. Thank you, N- Mr. Krugel, Mr. Kugelbrot. I'm sorry, I, I almost said your name wrong. Thank you, Mr. Kugelbrot, for listening. I hope that you're enjoying the show. This is a really big deal. I mean, that grant could do a lot for this show. Yes, but you've already accepted a grant, which is pro-extra history. So, you, you know, you can't, you can't take the anti-extra history grant while you're taking the pro-extra history grant. Well, no, obviously I couldn't. I mean, it says I'd have to take out any pro-extra history stuff out of the podcast entirely. Which is my entire segment. So, obviously you can't take me and my segment out of the show. Well, I, I mean... I mean, no, I, I, I don't want to, I wouldn't want to do that. Why not? Because, because Frank, Rory, unlike some people present, Rory is someone who sticks by the show 
not because he needs it, but because he is a friend of the show. Rory, if you may remember, was a millionaire for many years. Yes, yes, I was. And during those years, he was appearing on the show willingly, not to advertise himself. Well, I mean, a little bit. I mean, yes, a, a very small bit. Right, but because, I mean, your business did not come from the show, right? No, most of my business came from elsewhere, obviously. So he was appearing on the show because I asked him to be on the show, not because he needed something from the show or because he was court-ordered to be on the show. Yeah, 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 yeah. But the point is, Jordan, your show can be a better show. This grant would not be a restricted grant that is only usable for extra history. It would be only not usable for extra history. You could make your podcast better. You could make your serials better. You could pay yourself money. You could pay me money. Okay, I'm not paying you, you could, money. You could hire studio time to record scape songs, you know, session musicians, instead of having to play all the instruments yourself, instead of having to use electronic MIDI songs, you could hire a drummer, you know, to play the drums. <sighs> I mean, yeah, okay, yeah, all of those things sound great. And you are giving up on them just because Rory, uh, one dude, would lose his position. Well, yes, because it would be my whole position on the show. And plus, this is the only reason I get to come to America now, you know? Yeah, I mean, Frank, I, well, I mean, I don't care that you come to America, but the point is that he's a friend of mine, Frank, and... In the same way that I wouldn't want to screw over Scapey or <sighs> probably you, I don't want to screw over Rory. I mean, I really do want a grant to make the show better, though. Yes, but Jordan, but, but you know, you promised. You just said just now. No, I, I mean, it's true, and it is true. I, I can't. I mean, Mr. Kugelbrot, I, I would love, I would really, really love to get that grant, but I can't take the extra history parts off the show. I mean, I, I admit... That extra history is completely bogus, and it is unscientific, and it is probably a con game. Rory's probably a con artist who doesn't even believe the things that he says. No, that's not true. I believe, I believe, and not only do I believe, I believe that I am right to believe. <sighs> Whatever, Rory, but the point is, it is terrible, and it is exploitative hoax, but I, but he's a friend, and I, I have to, I, I can't, I can't. Well, you're lost, I guess, Jordan, you're lost, you know, that's why I get to do a good show that makes money, and you have a show that people that are fans of me listen to because I'm on it, rather than people who are fans of you. That's, you know, that's really obnoxious. Come on. Well, you know, what can I say? If the if the shoe fits, then uh, you're wearing the shoes because you are the one we're talking about. <sighs> fine, 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 fine. I'm, I'm sorry, Mr. Kugelbrot. I, I would love to. Um, if there's any way you could still consider me, even with the extra historical segments, I promise I'll badmouth them. Jordan, well, because they're bog, because they're bogus. Come on. <sighs> anyway, uh, let's see. Um, Frank, will you please? Sure, whatever. Uh, dear Jordan, well, this is spells your name wrong. Uh, I love your podcast so much. I am eight years old, and I think it is so funny. You and your friends—it says friends, not friends. You and your friends are really great. I would love to meet you sometime. You should come meet me alone. How does? Tomorrow afternoon at 2, when I should be in school sound. I will be in my uniform, since I should be in school. Uh, we can meet right outside the police station, since it is a convenient location. Love, Gracie Jennings. Well, I mean, thank you, Gracie. I'm, I'm glad you like the show. I am uh, I'm very proud of it. Uh, I don't think of it as an 8-year-old type show. Like, I, I mean, I, I guess for, I bleep swears and stuff when people say things like, F*** you, I'm going to f***ing suck your dick. Uh, I bleep it. So in, in that respect, it's family friendly, but I still never thought of it as something that an eight-year-old is going to be listening to. I, I guess I'm glad you're liking it. Um, that being said, I don't, I mean, I'm always happy to meet fans. Uh, I don't know if I can meet you tomorrow at two. That doesn't necessarily sound convenient for me. Not to mention the police station. You mean, you mean in Forest Hills? Because actually that's pretty close. So I guess I could swing by there. Jordan, Jordan, what's wrong with you? Are you sick? What? No, I, I, 
No, I feel fine. No, I mean, like, are you some kind of pervert? What? No. Why Why would you even say that? This is, this kid is trying to seduce you. What? No, this, 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 she's a fan. She says she likes the podcast. She wants to, like, meet. Again, that's weird. Like, I don't typically meet up with my fans, but I mean. Jordan, 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 Jordan. Listen to the way she's talking. You know, clearly, this is a, you know, sex email. What? This little girl is trying to have sex with me. No, 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 no. I don't do that. I don't have sex with girls, little girls, or, you know, women who are not my wife. So there we are. Well, okay. So then you should say that. This That's what this person wants from me. I'm sorry, Frank. I, perhaps I'm missing something. What what part of the, the email says sex to you? You know? Come uh, on. You don't think it's obvious? No, it's an eight-year-old girl saying to meet up. I mean, why would that no, be? No, I just mean the way, but the way it's, you know, suggestive. I love your podcast. I think it's so funny, you know, like that. No, that's your inflection. You're putting that in. You know, I can just go, I love your podcast. I think it's so funny. You know? Yeah, it's, but it's not, that's not the way it's typed, though. How can you tell? You should come meet me alone. Oh, like that, you know. No, I didn't, I didn't. Uh, Frank, I think you are the pervert in this situation. Yeah, I didn't read it that way. I didn't read it that way. I, I Like, there's just this nice girl who likes my podcast. I figure I can meet with her give her you know a thrill yeah sick see sex no this is a thrill because she likes the podcast and i can say hi it's me and you know i i do a podcast and you like it so it's nice to meet you goodbye that's all but actually wait hang on you should be in school why are you going to be meeting me at two o'clock when you should be in school it says you should be in school because she's trying to have sex with you what is not being in school frank I think you should stop talking. You are embarrassing yourself, and you are a celebrity, and 97% of the people listening are listening to hear you. And they're hearing you talk about sex with an 8-year-old. No, I'm not having sex with an 8-year-old. If anybody is, it's you. I'm not either. So, I don't know what you're talking about. Look, Gracie, I can't meet with you. That would be be irresponsible. You're supposed to be in school. So... Maybe some other time, but that that's just, again, that's just wrong. Well handled. I, I believe you handled that well. Well done. Thank you. Thank you. So anyway, um, everybody write into us uh, at castinwax at gmail.com. Castinwax at gmail.com. It is a thrill to have you all listening to the podcast. We love uh, doing the show for you. What else we got to do today? Oh, right. We're going to play you a little song as we as we exit another one of my quickie ukulele covers. Uh, this is a song. It's just the next one up on the uh, my quickie ukulele covers list. This is a song by the Vandals, and I hope that you will enjoy it. Uh, until next week, we will be seeing you. I've watched you grow for all these years and shamefully admit I've loved to watch you blossom and it's awful hard to quit Feeling this feeling stirring up inside of me You're nearly a woman now and in a couple years All the rules and boundaries will slowly disappear Wait now my child until you get a little older Every new sunrise brings your heart a little closer to me But I can't make love to you Because you're 14 Just to peck on the cheek as I'm counting the weeks go by We can't make love together Because you're 14 years old And the trust of your mom that I'm not doing wrong I just can't betray today Just an ounce of patience, we can still do things we like Watch you eat an ice cream cone and watch you ride a bike Patiently longing for that future day of truth I wanna hug and kiss you nearly every time I see you But I don't want the neighborhood to get the wrong idea There will come a day when love like ours is not a crime Just give it time 
but I can't make love to you because you're 14. Just a hug and a sigh from this law-abiding guy tonight. We can't make love together because you're 14 years old. And the trust of your mom that we're not doing wrong, I just can't betray. Oh no, I can't make love to you because you're 14 years old. Just a peck on the cheek as I'm counting the weeks go by. We can't make love together, little girl, because you're 14 years old. And the trust of your mom that we're not doing wrong, I just can't betray.